Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss recording <laughs> hi you're listening to fail like an artist with your hosts julie battisti and me phoebe ganza a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight advice and humor each episode we will discuss a failure and what we've learned from it And this week, we're going to be talking about comparison and competitiveness. But first, Julie, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? All the better for seeing you. (laughs) I love when you say that. (laughs) Uh, Competitiveness. That's a really long word with like, how many vowels? (laughs) It's interesting because I feel like more than I ever have before, I've had a lot of friends, other artists... And, and other professions as well, saying to me that they've been feeling um, jealous when someone else has been doing something really well or feeling mm. competitive in a way that seems unhealthy. And I have wondered whether because of the fact that it seems a little bit, because of the economic downturn, whether that whole scarcity, scarcity, scarcity mindset, whether that whole <laughs> scarcity mindset is kicking in a bit more and that's leading to people feeling a little bit more competitive oh yeah I reckon that's I reckon that's hugely to do with it because I think I think it's natural anyway to have a kind of a sort of slight scarcity mindset when it comes to any kind of career where you're making something you know that's for sale and like it's just you backing it if you know what I mean Mm. and as much as that's, you know, not necessarily that healthy to have that scarcity mindset, it's 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 hard to, like, switch it off. Mm. Um, and then when you bring into play the fact that, you know, pe- sales are slower, people are not spending money on things. Um, and, then, and everyone's been saying sales yeah, are slower. And everybody's saying that, and then you see businesses going into liquidation, you see business, mm. small businesses closing, you know, every time you open Instagram it seems like another business is announcing it's closing its doors etc so 
that scarcity, which is or was previously, you know, theoretical, becomes actual reality. And so therefore you do think, well, okay, like there isn't that much money to go around. Like people are carrying the pennies and um, maybe they're not going to spend it on me. And so the, the I guess it, the, the reality is that it, it does feel like there is less to go around. And it's very hard then to feel the same sort of generous level of excitement when you see someone else in your field succeed has it been coming up for you I know it's definitely been coming up for me it's been coming up for you lately oh yeah yeah I mean I'd be lying if I said I I didn't feel jealous occasionally when I see people doing well it's hard like because I naturally want other people to succeed um Mm. like I've never I've always been that way inclined um but every now and then you'll see someone you know selling it seems you know like or sharing that they've sold xyz or they've sold out or they've done something something you know in, in it's it's hard to not feel that little pang of jealousy where you go oh, they're so oh, I, want, I want that i want a piece of that pie mm. i want that to be my story um it's hard it's hard to not turn that around um so i think being honest and being able to say that that's kind of normal or not you know it's it's understandable at the moment to feel like that um it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't mean you don't like that person you know because it can even be with someone that you know like or love or you know you can just you can feel the stab at the same time as thinking oh but no I'm really pleased for them it, mm. it can be like a, a, a two thing. things can be true yeah two things can both be true at the same time they can yeah yeah and that is something that you you can remind yourself of if you feel that happening and you think to yourself oh god oh it's yucky. it feels yucky you know I think I shied away from wanting to do this one for a couple of reasons like one of them is that I think I find competitiveness one of those really tough traits and I know I see it with when I see it with myself, I'm always disappointed mm. and I'll dig into that more in a minute. But I was thinking, I also often think that there's, I don't know that I've got an answer to it, if that makes sense. Mm. And I've had some more thoughts on that this week, actually. But when I was listening to, it was a podcast, I sent it to you today. So it was that Brené Brown one with Elizabeth Day. Yeah. And it was such a turning point for me in the way that I was thinking about things because she said we don't choose to compare or not compare comparing is reflexive it's human it's how we're wired so it's not about trying not to compare it's what we do with it and sort of it was from that moment of thinking oh this isn't a thing that I have to just try not to do Mm. it's one of those things where I think everyone does it and that's normal but it's sort of how you like the follow-on actions after that moment yeah and I just thought oh God, what a relief. Yeah, what and a that's relief. that's kind of why I felt even more passionate about doing this podcast tonight, just to say, oh, God, yeah, it's normal. Like, <sighs> like it's, 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 as, it's as normal as breathing. It's reflexive. It's reflexive. What's the word? Yeah, Refle- she ref- said reflexive. And reflexive. I really like that as a yeah. description of it as well, like when something happens. And so that instant reaction of thinking, oh, I wish I, I wish that was me. Yeah. But then it's what how you act after that. So you can yeah. still act happy for someone or you can be hard on yourself about it. 
or hard mm. on that person about it, which would yeah. be even worse. And it's yeah. that yeah. because I think naturally for me, I just shy away from competition wherever mm. I've found it. So when I think back even to high school, I know that there were people in my immediate orbit where photography was their thing. And so I instantly was just like, I can't play in that field. I did mm. not want my work to be compared to theirs. So I was like, and there was sort of painting was the area that I kept getting praised for. And I was like, all right, I'll keep, mm. I'll, I'll just do that because then I wouldn't be compared to that yeah. person in that way. And then yeah. I think uni was almost like going to art school was almost like exposure therapy because I went from being, you know, the art girl at my school mm to just being one of many people who was good at painting <laughs> this and just being, yeah, it was so confronting. Like I remembered feeling so uncomfortable. I reckon the first two years at art school, just thinking I'm just average. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this rings a lot of truth for me too. I, I, I shy away from all kind of competitive sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, same. But then I think deep down in me, there is a little bit of a competitive spirit I'm definitely that competitive I, that, I, that you know that I don't actually like if we're playing like a board game or something and I sometimes <laughs> get a bit too invested and my husband's like all right calm down it's only a game against the kids <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh yuck I don't like that that way I'm being you know like I suddenly get a little bit like win winner winner chicken dinner <laughs> <laughs> I won against my six-year-old <laughs> and then I'm like oh hang on a minute get a grip um but yeah I remember being like you know in inverted commas the best at art at school secondary school is in like being praised for that and getting the highest grade out of anyone and no one else got that grade and it was like it felt really like wow I've got my my thing like I'm so happy that I've got this and then you know, then you get into an arena where there's more people who are suddenly also the same strength as you in, in something and you, you realise, oh, not such a big fish now. Mm. <laughs> and then it's a, it's confronting and, and, it, and you kind of... Part of me wonders if that's a little bit why I didn't push to pursue for art school because the fear of actually being in... I, I actually think... I'm having an epiphany right now. I actually think a lot of that was because I didn't have someone to saying to me, you should go and pursue that at art school. Mm. Like I didn't have that voice. The thought of then only me backing myself to go to art school and then being in a, in a room with other people that could potentially paint or draw far better than me was like, no, thanks. Don't want, don't want that. I think it, for me, I found these those sorts of moves have gotten easier as I've gotten older and a bit more confident in who I am. Like mm. I remember I started teaching at 30 when most teachers that I had met had started when they were like 22. Yeah. yeah and I, so I'd one. come out of a career where I'd been at the top of my game, quit everything, started a new career at the very bottom, like yeah. as a student teacher mm. at 30 and thinking – and the most confronting thing about going out and finding a job as a teacher was like, I am not the best teacher. I'm still finding my way. And being mm. the new person mm. was a sh- really tough feeling. Mm. And I think, again, it's been a long time since I started painting, but I can imagine like from where you're at, where you've started painting later in life, it is really tough starting a career 
when everyone else it feels like everyone else has had 10 years before yeah. you making yeah that momentum yeah it's really hard and it it's really hard because you think well you know like I compare myself to you and I think well Julie's got what like I don't know 15 20 years on me <laughs> like how am I ever gonna like there's no part of you kind of on one hand thinks there's no point even trying to catch up because she's already halfway around the world I'm never gonna get there like it's it's a I've lost the that race you know but then the other part is reminding yourself like it's you're not in competition with each other mm. you were like and we had this discussion actually at the dinner table today completely um by random chance like my son it wasn't about art but it was about competitiveness and my son mm. my older son said to said we were talking about school and stuff and he said to me were you were you good at school and I said what do you mean good like good well behaved and he goes no were you like good like were you the best in your class and I said well no I wasn't like I was you know I was pretty hard working and I tr- I did get quite good grades in some areas but I definitely wasn't the best in my most lessons apart from art like I mm. wasn't the best um I wasn't was the similar. worst but I was you know I tried really hard and and he said oh and I said why do you ask that and he goes well I don't think I'm the best um like I don't think I'm the best behaved or the best at the subject and he kind of looked a bit despondent and I said but do you try your best and he goes yeah and I said well that's that's what it's about like mm. you're not in competition with the people that are in your class you're only in competition with the past version of you like yesterday's you like that's the only metric you can measure yourself against really because mm-hmm. you, you 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 aren't someone else you haven't got the exactly. same brain as the person next to you on the table you've only got you and your brain mm. and so you need to just try to to kind of improve your own learning and your own like if you think well I'm not the best behaving in the class well the next day you could try maybe I can try a bit harder this today or you know but it kind of made me realize like it was sort of talking to myself a little bit because I was thinking this is this is something that we do need to remind ourselves frequently that we mm. are not in competition with other people and that, yeah that you don't need to be competitive against someone else who's who's started at a completely different time from you who's abilities are completely different from you whose life is completely different from yours like it's it there is there's like literally no way to measure that in a way that will be like serve you Mm. it's interesting because you know it's one of it does come up between us in different ways like I know that I have gotten super jealous and competitive with you and or not competitive mostly just jealous <laughs> like of, of little things like how many different podcasts you've been invited onto oh. and because I always because then I sit there and think oh nobody wants to hear from me and then when we started the podcast together um we did it for so many reasons and I've always thought would be such a great fit but we're also coming into it like with me knowing that you had like nine times as many followers as I did and a lot of that initial crowd mm-hmm. I'm sure came from your following who were of course going to be very interested in what you've got to say but those first few weeks when we had so many comments with people saying oh I just love what Phoebe had to say oh. that little green monster inside of me was going does, it, does anybody like what I have to say oh Julie and, everybody loves <laughs> what is, you have to say <laughs> but 
the thing, like, it's not a popularity contest. And mm. I certainly did have, I've made some great friends from people who have contacted me after the podcast. And mm. I think, well, that's bloody everything. Isn't yeah. It? And exactly. then also, if we were both the same, if we, and you have spoken way more openly and way more vulnerably, vulnerable. vulnerable. <laughs> I can't even say <laughs> the word, let alone do the Vulnerability. <laughs> vulnerably than me which I think people really connect to and I've always connected with that of you that part of you yeah and so I think it is I think it's normal that people sort of connect with that and it resonates Mm. and they speak up about it and I love that Mm. and I think god I've gotten to the point now where I think because we've talked about it and laughed about it because it is just like oh god Mm -hmm. it's so stupid that that comes up because then I'm just like I freaking love that Phoebe does that that's one of the things I was you know, that I was attracted to in you. Mm. And then it's just so, I felt so ashamed of myself for thinking like, oh, another comment for Phoebe. Oh, but like you say, it's reflective. Is it what the word? (laughs) Reflexive? (laughs) Stumbling. Reflexive. Yeah, it is just. And it's natural because, yeah, if everybody, well, I get the same when you, put your work up you know and it's like everybody's like oh my goodness wow julie's so good and i remember like you know when i went to this that barbecue and people were like who's who's the girl lady that you do the podcast with what's her art like and then everyone's like oh my god that she painted that's painting (gasps) she's so amazing i'm like all right give me my phone mate she's all right (laughs) she's all right So you, you know, catch yourself in that so, moment and you're like, what was that about? Yeah, like, and then you get like, so, you know, don't, you know, we've all got skills. <laughs> got things we can own and be good at. And, um, but yeah, you get, you, you just suddenly get a little bit occasionally sort of like jealous. And I think that's just being human, you know, mm. and you can't turn it off. And this is, as you can remind yourself, like you say, what are you going to do with that feeling? You can remind yourself it's human, it's norm, it's normal reaction, um, but but then also remind yourself I am not in competition with that person, and I'm only in competition with myself. And um, one of the podcasts that I was listening to where they were talking about jealousy and um, what was the other word? Um, Hang on, sorry, sorry, sorry. Envy versus jealousy. So they mm. were like, "There's that the the when you when you have that reaction in in you, think to yourself: Is it envy, or is it jealousy?" It's funny because I've always just lumped the terms together. Like... Yeah, but they're actually quite different. And I'm compa- so her quote was: "She wrote, I developed mastery not because of my obsessive competition, but because of my healthy competition." The greatest threat to mastery is unhealthy competition because one of them is internally focused. That's my healthy competition. And one of them is driven by what will people think? And that's the unhealthy stuff. So I think there's... It was such an interesting podcast, that one, especially because the way that she talked about competitiveness as being on a spectrum, I hadn't really thought of before. So there's always going to be a degree of competitiveness in you. And when she was talking about it as though the healthy part, which is might be the part that keeps you driving forwards and then just trying to stick to that end of the spectrum instead of going so far off the other end that you're feeling disparagingly about someone else doing well. Like mm. it was a really – the way that she talked about it was so well-worded and I hadn't actually 
it really did change the way that I thought about things and sort of put some things into perspective, like the ways that you switch it off. I was like, oh, I'm already doing that. And that's how that's working. And Mm. that's why the power of those friendships or even just talking about it, like you and I, I found that when you and I talked about it, it was like it dissipated those feelings so quickly because we were able to talk about it and have a laugh and go, oh, that's funny. Like, yeah, I did that in a different way. So the en- so the difference between envy and jealousy is the envy is the good it's like not that bad to be envious like envy is not actually that negative it's a kind of like a painful feeling of wanting what someone else has had or has got but it's an it's it's a bit like um a fuel to the fire that can help you sort of spur you on to kind of try and get that the same desired outcome whereas jealousy is the sort of threatened, protective or fearful feeling of like losing out. And so that jealousy is that negative kind of not not helpful f- action, whereas envy can be a motivator to kind of signpost you to, okay, I'm feeling envious of her success. What is it about the success that I'm envious of? Oh, well, she's had an exhibition and she's had a sellout show. Okay, well... Is that something that I could do rather than jealous and like, oh, God, she's had a sellout exhibition. God, I hope I hope she falls over and stubs her toe. <laughs> you know, like it's that's not helpful and it doesn't like, it's, it's not going to do anything for you or them. It's one of those areas that I'm pushing myself in the next couple of years, hopefully. So for the past for lifetime, because I think I've avoided competitions in the art sphere especially. Mm. So I've very, very rarely entered into competitions. I can think of about two and I've always left them feeling a little bit despondent. So I'm trying to change my mindset a little bit, but over the next few years, because there's a couple of times this year when I've seen people that I really admire or people that I compare myself to win Mm. competitions. And I sort of thought, I remember saying to you, oh, I just, I feel like, why isn't that me? And you were like, well, did you put your work in? (laughs) Did you enter? (laughs) Will you? Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't you're gonna, say, you idiot. In my head, yeah. that was. Uh, you're gonna miss all the shots you don't take, Julie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's time. If I'm looking at other people thinking, I want to do that, then yeah. I need to be. I need to be putting myself forward, despite that fear of failing. And then, yeah. So you know, it'd be interesting one I think to put out on the pod, and that'll be a big mm. deal for me saying. I'm applying for a competition. Yeah. I'm going to put my work oh, yeah. in because then it feels like announcing publicly because normally yeah. I would just sort of do it on the sly and then when yeah. I don't get in would just be like, well, that yeah. was a Yeah, fun, there's, a couple, there's a couple coming up in New Zealand because I can't enter any of the Australian ones, um, but there's a couple coming up in New Zealand that I've seen recently and I've thought, hmm, should I? Oh, because there was one I entered last year and I got rejected from. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's... It's still, it's a fee that you've got to pay. It's like $45 or something per piece, you know, and you put your work out there. And then when you get the kind of thanks, but no thanks, or not even thanks, but no thanks, just no thanks email, it does sting a bit. And then you see the people that um, have got their work in when when they announce the list of finalists or whatever, or people that are in the, sh- in the show or whatever. And you, you think, well, why are they better than me like why have they got in and I haven't like what's better about theirs and Mm. it is that feeling of like you just got to realize that those things are judged by a few tastemakers who are looking for something that you'll never know what it is and they they just decided those people had it and it's not to say your work's bad 
but it it can I, um, it doesn't it does not hurt. Can I spoil a upcoming interview that we've got to release that we've done? Yeah. I was just Go so um, one of the things. So we we have interviewed, and I'm so excited to release it in a couple of weeks. Um, we've interviewed Alice Sheridan, and one of the things that she said that from our interview with her that I was like, I need to take away that mindset mm. was trying to come out of a situation where with whatever happens it's a win so if yeah. I enter a work into a, a competition and it gets taken up that's a win and if it doesn't taken up I've got that work then to release to either a gallery or a, to release it on my website or mm-hmm. whatever the situation is but she was like always have yeah that, put anything that was forward a really as good you know attitude isn't it like a, every, every yeah. outcome is a winning outcome yeah I I Remember when she said that in that podcast, I was like, oh. Yeah, I think you gasped. <gasps> yeah, <Yes>. possibly. <laughs> so that gasped. was one of the things where I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to sort of protect myself a little bit because I really mm. want to. And I think sometimes it's a bit uncool these days to really want something, but I really oh. do want to get when my work into some shows. <laughs> Pardon? When has that ever bothered you, being uncool? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm um, a dick. <laughs> we're, we're really close now you can <laughs> you're um, right yeah it feels a bit like mm, fu- funny to be like I'd like to win this competition I think I'd, just like I'd like to, to be in the running I'd like to be it. in the running you know and I want to be okay with entering things and not getting in mm. like it just sort of like I entered it and that's a good experience because at the moment I'm not even putting my work in like mm. I'm so scared of failing or not being mm. selected that it's like I won't even enter that. I won't yeah. put the work aside, you know. I'm not even putting the work because I, I will have to sort of budget yeah. some time over the next two years to make something for some shows because yeah. otherwise everything sort of gets allocated out to galleries or commissions. Yeah. And so I have to decide now, is this yeah. something that I really want? And the answer is yes, which means I'm going to have to get over myself a bit. Hmm. I had a thought then, but then it left. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Um, Another thing that's come up around competitiveness has been that I think when you're making someone into your competitor, you do have that potential to miss out on a friendship. Mm -hmm. So when you sort of instantly think, oh, that person is, you know, too good or Mm. you put Mm. them on a pedestal in some way and it's instead of, I think... One of the really refreshing things from this year has been I've formed a few really good new art friendships. And I think mm. that um, it was another comment that Brene Brown made about one of the ways that she sort of combats mm. that feeling is to wish the other person well. So mm. she was saying that her and Elizabeth Day, who have had book releases on the same day, have yeah. talked about the other person's book. And I think more than ever now, I'm trying to share other people's exhibition openings and liking and commenting on other people's work that maybe I would have felt a little bit jealous of in the past. Yeah. And I know that a few months ago, I can't remember which episode it was in, I talked about the fact that someone, oh, sorry, um, someone in one of my galleries released work that I felt was really similar to mine. And I was like, oh God, my work's going to be compared to that person's. And I mm. felt really confronted about it. And then the next day that person turned around and commented on my work about how much they liked it. And I was like, oh, they're such a better person Mm. for doing that. And then so I've been repaying the same, I do really love that person's work. And so now I feel like it's been such a release that I can sort of, instead of being jealous, be happy for them. Yeah. 
be happy with a side of envy, but only a sort of spoon teaspoonful rather than like a whole mashed potato-sized pile of jealousy. It's just like a teaspoon of envy. Yeah, because I know there's been a couple of people that have sold out exhibitions this year that I've looked on and gone, oh, God, like, that's so good, but also mm. I'm so jealous. And mm. then I think it's okay to say that you want that for yourself. Like, yeah. I know I've got this exhibition coming up, and that would be the dream. But also mm. just like, well, that doesn't mean I can't be totally stoked for that person and mm. anyone else that's got an exhibition I'm very happy to shout out about. And I remember someone mm. I know who isn't in the art sphere said to me, well, aren't you afraid that all of your collectors are going to see their art and buy that instead? And I kind of feel like, do you know what? It's not up to me. A this or that kind of <laughs> yeah. situation usually. And I'm not going to be like to delude myself into thinking that a collector is going to only ever have my art on their walls. Like, that would be <laughs> yeah. a bit... And so I kind of think, you know, you're allowing them to tap into a market of people that Mm. are probably going to be really fond of art and potentially if they share similar tastes to you, then you're just sharing the love around a little bit. And I think there's Mm. no way I would have been able to grow my Instagram following, for example, if it had not been for people like you sharing my work. Mm. And so I'm trying also, and we've both talked about this on Instagram recently, and I don't often talk about that sort of stuff, but I think it is an important thing to note of late is that while Instagram is not sharing work so much, we can still share each other's work. And I think now is Mm. definitely the time to do that. And I think if you haven't already choose a bunch of your close friends, it might only be five, it might be Mm. 10 where you have them with their notifications on. And when your friends post their work, go on, like comment, share, you don't have to share other people's work every day. But if that is one amazing way that you can help promote and share someone you love's work, mm. especially when Instagram's not doing it, like that's where we can be there for each other. Yeah. You know, even if that comes with a pang of envy, ultimately you're like, no, but I love this person, so I want them to be successful. <laughs> it is. I think it's that whole, you know, rising tide lifts all boats mentality. Yeah. I think there is, you've got to sort of shift out of that scarcity mindset so we I want to say this without like saying any names but we were invited to go on a podcast and then at the last minute it got cancelled and which was we felt quite it was a bit weird and then I sort of reached out and said oh it's a shame I don't quite understand why you'd not want us on because I feel like we'd be interesting and and the response was kind of like oh well I guess it's just me feeling insecure really um or something like that you know it was a kind of like it wasn't like there wasn't a legitimate reason of like actually we I think you're rubbish and you're not going to be good on our my podcast it was more of a a kind of it felt like it was a scarcity competitive thing that wouldn't serve that person by having us on do you know what my initial instinct was what I was like, oh, they probably just wanted to talk to Phoebe and not to me. <laughs> oh, no, because that's the thing. They reached out to spoke, speak to both of us. They reached out on to our plat. You know, like it definitely wasn't mm. just speaking to me. And the initial reaching out was like, I, we, I love both of your work and I, I love, I think you're both great artists. But that, I mean, to be honest, we're never really going to know what happened no. there. So I feel like we just need to sort of let that one. Yeah, no, we we do I'm it just is interesting it's it's an interesting kind of like there was that pang of missing out yeah and like 
so recently I saw this artist started out and they are doing really abstract landscape. Um, and then I saw the price and I and I kind of got a bit of a moment of like, you know, when you kind of go, because <gasps> the price that they were charging was like more than I would charge for one of my works that I spend like 40 or 50 hours on. Yeah, and it made me... comes up for me too. And I just... Like, there's not to say that I don't love abstract work and I don't see value in it and I don't, you know, there's plenty of abstract work that I love. and But I get that, I got that feeling of, like, envy of, like, how how does someone have the, like, like the self-confidence to put that price on a piece of work that can't have taken 50 hours? Like, it, I don't know how many hours it took, but, like, when I look at the hours that went into my work there's there is clearly more detail and paint on my canvas Mm. than theirs and yet I struggle with the putting a price the same height as what they've put on that Mm -hmm. and then that's when I go oh uh, I don't like how do I how does someone get that that kind of confidence to be like yeah that's how much that's worth and that's what the price I'm going to put on it and like I struggle with the price I've got on mine like thinking oh god it's too much like uh like no one's gonna buy that for that much you know and it's that feeling of like envy of like not having of of, of like being able to sort of just say no that's what it's worth I'm that's the price I'm putting on it and then I think well should I give up painting Pains to take 50 hours. And just... <laughs> it's a slippery slope. You have that one thought and it's like, well, it's all over. <laughs> Suddenly I'm spiraled and I'm like, I'm just going to paint a canvas through, put a price on it. <laughs> I do the same. And I know that I've seen a few works lately that have been like similar size to mine, but I look at it and I think, I don't know that they've put as many hours in or that they've been mm. doing it for as long as I have and yet they're mm. already priced above mine. Yeah, well, mine. exactly. That's and I think, thing. oh gosh. And then I think, do you know what? It took me so long finally priced myself out of my artwork and mm. that makes me feel like my prices I feel a little bit uncomfortable with them yeah because for me they're high and then when I look at someone else whose work looks sort of similar or looks and I think well how come theirs can be worth so much more than mine and then I'm like well mm. I'm the one setting the price <laughs> exactly <laughs> like- <laughs> they just they decided it and you decided it <laughs> Like, and this is the hard and I think, thing. You know what? I've been. I'm happy with where my pricing's at. I've got a solid, you know, thoughts behind it. Comparing it is not. It's not apples with apples, and it doesn't no. need to be. No. And but you know, if anything, that person charging that price for that artwork and getting it and selling it only makes the field bigger for me mm. because it mm. allows me, like her being able to get that price, sort of sends a signal to me saying I can potentially raise my prices yeah. a bit. It shouldn't be about she can do this, you know, and therefore I can't. It's, yeah, she's exactly. opened the door. Exactly. And and there's me saying to myself, well, how does that artist have the confidence to put that price tag? Well, you know, you don't know what the story is or behind that. You know, you, you can't, you can only, you, I come up with all these assumptions, but I don't know mm. that, how they've come up with that price. Um, and there's nothing to say that I, I can't just decide it myself too, like, and yeah I mean it's a hard one but you are ultimately the you have to be your own champion and your own 
boss and your own person that that decides what your value is and it's it's down to me at the end of the day yeah that whole thing is uh, it's difficult in part I think that whole jealousy thing and that whole mindset of when you're gauging your success against the success of others it's really it makes your work really unsatisfying mm. you know mm. if, if your feelings of success can only come when you're more successful than the next person oh, there's always just... going to be someone more successful than you like so i just mm. feel like it's one of those metrics where it's a really slippery slope when you're constantly looking at someone else thinking i want that or i want my work to do that mm. i think mm. you've got to mm. i think trying to turn those metrics inwards mm. on like you know we'll have how have my prices increased? Not yeah. how are my prices measuring up to that person's? Hundred yeah. percent, and that's um, yeah. That 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 one podcast that I list, that I shared with you that you that was that was a bit too woo woo. It was probably one woo too many woos for you. You pretty... said this one needs a woo woo alert, and I said that one needed a woo woo siren. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I'll link it in the show notes. I I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, definitely you needed, um, you know, you need to have very open mind listening because it's, it's quite, it's quite, um, uh, you know, alternative, we should say. But one line that they did say um, was about competitive, competitiveness guarantees suffering in the sense that if you do constantly look outwards at others and others' success, you are going to suffer. Like that's just that's just kind of a fact, and and whereas if you turn turn that internally and try to measure your success only against yourself, um, it's a lot it's a lot less. It causes a lot less suffering. So I, I, I did get a little bit puffer fishy listening to that one, and I think it's because, and you know, I think it always is when you have those moments where someone sort of is reflecting something in you back at you, mm. like. I am obviously very sensitive to the fact that I can be a competitive person. I always try to quash that side of myself down. But I also think the thought of trying just to get rid of it completely seems totally, no. I'm not going to become a meditative Zen guru. Like I do not think, I do not see that in my future. <laughs> really? And then, so I listened to that and then backed it up with the Brene Brown and Elizabeth Day one. And then she yeah. was talking about competitiveness as part of human nature. Yeah. And, you know, not trying to completely avoid it, but yeah. maybe just keep it on the lower end of the spectrum. I was like, that's, that's my jam. That's my jam. That's a, that's a way of <laughs> looking a at competitiveness more... that speaks to me yeah. because that whole, just don't be competitive. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> this is not my podcast. No. But they did have some beautiful gems of wisdom in yeah. there. It was maybe just a little bit too purist for me. Yeah, there were there yeah, there was definitely you just pick and choose your bits out of that one for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, there was just the overarching kind of idea of like when one person wins, everybody wins kind yeah, of mentality. Love that. Which I just do think mm. is something that we like what well, like you said about artists, if artists raise their prices then it, that gives permission to all artists to raise their prices. If artists have a sellout show, that kind of inspires other artists to have a sellout show. So that the more kind of abundance that you see in the arts field, kind of make you know is 
does the opposite of what at the moment is happening with this scarcity. Like the more abundance we see, the more people we see selling, that inspires like, oh, sales are up. And then you have that confidence to then maybe put some more work out there. You know, so if we view that competitiveness through that lens, it's a lot healthier and a lot more inspiring rather than um, kind of like, ah. I don't think that there is a way of getting rid of competitiveness but I do think like the best way of combating that sort of when you're on that really high end of the spectrum and you're doing it in an unhealthy way is to lean into that sense of community. And I get really inspired with, you know, the community that we're building on flap and even got the community of artists that I feel like I've been building around Mm -hmm. myself this year has made me enjoy my practice so much more. Even today, like after the gallery episode went out, I was having a really long chat with an artist who I know and love called Jenny Stringleman. Mm. And I just, it left me in the best mood while I was in the studio. And like we were sending each other artists that we loved and talking about what we wanted in the future for our careers. And it was just such a, it left me in the best mood. And I just, and I, even there was another instance this week where someone messaged asking about a particular product. I think it was a a good manufacturer of square calendars or something like that and Mm. asked if we knew anyone or if we can put a post up on the stories on Instagram and I had been up all night with Elfie and I know you had been sick. Yeah. And so I ended up message back just saying, why don't you just um, pop it up on the Flap um, Facebook group because I've just seen – and I wanted to mention this on the pod as well, the community that I feel like we're building there are people asking questions and everyone mm. coming together to find an answer. I found out some amazing things. There was one thread about wall-mounted easels that I was just like, oh, God, this is so helpful. And then someone else was looking for um, eco-friendly packaging for prints. Mm-hmm. And it's just been so lovely to see everyone sort of helping out and chatting. And that's really – that's made my day several days. It's been making yeah. my, my weeks. Yeah, so make sure you you join the um... – facebook fair like a nice group it's called we'll put a link another link in the show notes um but it's quite a nice it's quite a small community there but if it because it's closed group you know like it's a private group um and there's you know it's not like you're on when instagram you know it's like anybody can read that really but like within that closed group you know it's only the the artist from flap that will read that and it and you know it's so lovely to see the people doing that an introduction post and sharing their work and seeing I mean I haven't been on there much I'll be honest and I do feel a bit bad about that but then I've also just had to let that go and that, that capacity but the um, whole point of that group wasn't yeah. for us to give all the answers no. it's just like crowdsourcing the answers from each other and it is just a community of artists and that's the beautiful thing about it yeah I mean honestly if if that is the one thing that we provide out of this podcast you know, is is a safe place for people to ask those sort of questions and get answers. Like, I think we've we've won. Um, mm. I think that ties in really nicely with one of the questions that we had uh, when we popped a question box up, which was um, around how to manage anxiety in comparison around social media. Because I do think, you know, Instagram, social media, posting, sharing your work on there, um, going on those platforms, it's immediately going to bring up feelings of I think competitiveness and comparison when you scroll and you see other people and I felt that like I think that kind of hit me just before I kind of hit a wall whenever it was a few weeks ago was seeing other artists 
you're constantly being able to produce videos and reels and new paintings and seeing them just feeling like they're just on the ball and constantly like spinning all these plates and being productive and being always present and showing up and Mm. content 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 and that kind of it paralyzed me a bit to a to a certain point where I just thought I can't I'm I can't do this anymore like I actually can't even go on this platform anymore I'm starting to feel so like a failure because I can't set up a camera (laughs) like and that's Mm. such as oh god hang on not gonna cry it's been Sorry. a while. It's been, it's been at least three episodes. So obviously, I'm still not quite healed from the whole burnout thing, but it feel it felt like it felt like a slap in the face every time I opened Instagram, seeing people mm. being able to co- do something that I was finding I've got here now. I need to keep this momentum up. I need to keep going and being this person, this persona that I've created, and this and 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 putting your content out there and I just was I can't I'm I'm, I just can't I'm I'm spent you know I just I can't think of a funny thing to say I I have think I don't have a personality anymore I think I I think that I think it might have just evaporated I can't think of any ideas like I can't do it I can't I can't and and it isn't healthy that isn't Mm. healthy to get to tell you what you once told me which is you can just spit a bit out spit a bit out and I had to and I did and I Mm. spat out Instagram for a bit and it felt very bloody good to be honest it felt like a real release that I needed to do yeah I get off that hamster wheel it wasn't Mm. serving me mentally yes I've seen a downturn in sales yes I've you know not sold as much near as much like prints whatever all of that has gone but it my my mental health needed the break and now I'm going back on very gently and very mindfully and I think you know you've gotten to the point this year where you've got to protect yourself a little bit and if that means putting Instagram down for a bit then that's Mm. the move that you make yeah but I think it's okay it's it's okay to pick up and put down these things as you need them Mm -hmm. I think it's just like to realize that it's not it's not a normal phenomena for humans to be exposed to that much noise and visual stuff and see what everyone else is up to mm. like, that's actually not we're not used to that as a as a race as a human being you know like we've had hundreds of thousands of years where the you know all we'd see is what we have in our community and to suddenly be able to see everything everywhere all at once but like that movie um it's overwhelming it's- it's interesting because I feel like I've changed my approach to Instagram lately as well, but in a different way to you. So I feel like I've just started using it a little bit more intentionally. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with seeing it as just an awesome free advertising tool mm-hmm. that also keeps me connected to, to a bunch yeah. of friends. But I will go on and I try not to just mindlessly scroll. Yeah. So when I actually see something that I like, I'll stop, like, comment, have a conversation mm. and I might have fewer interactions. So I might only scroll past 10, 15 posts and I might have mm. left comments on six of those and mm. then I tap out. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so even of, that was too I much find... for me. Like I, that was even too yeah. much for me. But I feel like that's where I want to get to. That feels yeah. healthy for me and much more achievable. Yeah. But when I'm actually interacting with people, yeah. that's when I've loved it. And I feel yeah. like I've never sent so many voice notes as I have 
the last few months and I'm enjoying it more than I probably have in a long time, probably a couple mm. of years. And so yeah. that's been an interesting pivot that I've seen for myself. Well, I feel like I, I feel like I'm this week. I feel like I've, I've been on posted on stories again. I've I posted a post today that felt like a normal post. Um, I'm just going to show up as me, as I am. Not that I wasn't showing up as anyone else before, but you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not going to try to uh, mm. be like X person who does that. You know, like I, I'm not, I've, I've got to let go of that comparison and yeah. forget like, because that person might not have children or that person might not have, I don't know, maybe they've got a boyfriend that films everything. I don't like, or whatever. It doesn't, there's my life is different from everybody else's life and I my capacity mm. is different from everybody else's and what I can do and what I'm enjoying will change seasonally and, and has changed from a year ago and you know I used to really enjoy making silly reels and stuff when it first came out and it felt fun and novel and new and maybe that was just a time and a season and maybe that's not who I am right now and maybe I won't ever be that person again and maybe that's okay because we all just like completely change every seven years anyway don't we like every cell is replaced mm. <laughs> new humans. But I think that's the thing. And I think a lot of the comments that came in from when we asked people about competitiveness and, um, and did we ask about jealousy or did we say competitive? Comparis- I think we just said competitiveness. I think we talked about comparison. Actually. Comparison. The, the, the social media side of it came up a lot in the answers and we got a lot of answers, which means to me, I think that a lot of people are feeling this, but I think it's, you know, and everyone knows that Instagram can just be the highlight reel And I think the one thing that I've found is when I've actually started talking to the people whose pictures I've seen that made everything look like it was all hunky-dory, the minute you start having a conversation that goes below surface level, there's always like a billion things that that, that will humanise that person that maybe you don't see on their picture. Yeah, so much. I mean, and I try to be honest about that as much as possible because I hate, like, the thought of, like, portraying some life that isn't, real but then there's you know also you've got to protect like your privacy and you don't want to share every single terrible moment Um, i think it's okay with also admitting that you know instagram is an advertising platform for a lot of people that's their product and their brand and they may not want to show all of the mess and that's okay but you've got to keep that in the back of your mind when you see pictures you can't like people are sharing the best versions of themselves because they want to like you know sell their work and look like a shiny happy you know storefront of of beautiful products i was posting a reel the other day while i was nap trapped underneath elfie and just thinking this (laughs) is the reality (laughs) yeah instagram versus reality is like we just need to have that like ping up on our phone every like every third post should just be a warning all these posts are fake (laughs) there's loads of stuff going on in the background that you can't see that's uh... just occasionally post a a photo of my washing pile (laughs) yeah Here's how I like to decorate my lounge <laughs> with a pile of odd socks and underwear. Um, I was just set, thinking to myself about how, um, you know, you, you could kind of compare the idea of comparison to dry, getting somewhere, driving somewhere in a car. Like one person could be driving the flashiest, um, you know, Tesla and going on the motorway to get to the destination and you might only have your little, I don't know, tiny Fiat Panda or something. 
um, and maybe that's not really fit for the motorway, but you could you take the back roads and you go down some country lanes. Um, so like if you're comparing yourself to the, the Tesla driver on the motorway, it's a complete waste of time because they've got a completely different car, completely different engine, completely different speed that they can go and they're going to get there faster than you. But you get to go in your car down the country lanes and you get to take your time and enjoy the view and the trees and the scenery and, um, you know, easily stop, get out, have a picnic on the side of the road, get back in, spot some cows. Oh, there's a squirrel. You know, (laughs) you can just potter along at your own pace and you don't need to rush. You don't need to have to overtake anyone. You're just going at your own speed um, and getting to your destination or, you know, metaphorically, keeping on going but the whole point is the journey because really what's the destination like the end of your life or something it can kind of feel a bit like macabre when you think of it like that but to that person in the tesla who's just racing ahead why would you want to compare yourself with them when you've got your own amazing journey that can just unfold at your own pace and your own speed and i just think that i'd much rather be in a fiat panda Oh, we've had some beautiful reviews lately. I think you picked out one that you wanted to share. Yeah, I know we've had we've had actually had so many, and I hadn't realised how you how I could actually see them until quite recently. So um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, now I know where they are. Um, we'll try and read out occasionally a review if we've got t- a time, and we have got obviously quite a few here to read out. So I'm not going to read them all, but just this one stuck in my brain. Um, this is from Nicole Gosling Art. Well, she wrote so refreshing wow thank you too for inviting us into your mindset and daily practice of being a fine artist it can be a lonely niche world and I find myself resonating with so many of your conversations it kind of feels like I'm having coffee with some friends even though I'm just listening in thank you for offering your wisdom humor and encouragement to keep going and growing Nicole Aww. I took a screenshot of that one too it was so Did lovely you? Yeah, They're all so lovely, but thank you, Nicole. That was Snap. that was just yeah, really lovely, and um, they really mean a lot uh, to help us, help other people find us. It, it helps the algorithm. It helps push us out to other people when you when we do get these ratings and reviews. But actually, I just this was when I was having a bit of a moment, sad, you know, like I want to give up everything. A couple of weeks ago, and I found this. I read them all, and I cried. <laughs> so surprise, um, surprise. there you go thank you very much you made me cry and uh, keep it coming um julie have you got anything else to say before the end of the day okay all right Love bye you, bye I'll see you next time thanks so bye. much julie bye keep failing get soon see ya <laughs> so uh, honestly <laughs> And my ears are hot. Got hot ears. Suck it up, princess. Okay. All right. All right. Three. Great. Great me.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.